Hello, you are listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff, and Sezzle. The OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is July 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing for this very special early edition, Chris, of the Fast Five. Yes, and vamos a la España today. Oh my gosh. Ah, if yes. you are going to speak any broken Spanish the entire time we're in Madrid, I'm going to be like walking 20 paces behind you. <laughs> Donde está el baño? Oh my God. <laughs> But yeah, but I'm we're going already, to Madrid. I'm already embarrassed we're for going you. to Madrid. We haven't even left yet. Yes, we're heading to Madrid. We got some fun plans there. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot to check out, um, especially under 108 degree heat for <laughs> the is, whole weekend. It is what I think the word I think the expression is balls hot in Madrid. Yes. And yes, um, but yeah, we we got some fun things. We can't tell you about them yet, but we're gonna we're gonna hopefully show them to you very shortly after our return after we return from Madrid. Yes, I'm excited. Last time I was in Madrid, Ann. 1995. Oh, wow. Summer of love for Why me. Why were you in Madrid? I was in Madrid. I was actually part of ASU's uh, Spanish program after high school. And they had this like oh, trip, they, okay. seven week trip, to seven week trip to Spain. Time of my life and ran with the bulls. You know, I didn't become a man, but I, you know, it was, it was, it was a very well, that's clear. maturing that, experience. Yes. yes. I still, I've, the debate is still out on yes. whether that's happened, but um, yeah, it was such a cool city. Oh. I loved it. Casa de Cervezas. I'm first thing I'm looking up when we go when we go there because I'm I'm hitting that place hard. I've never been. I've been to Barcelona, but I'm really excited. Although I have no I, idea if it's still there either, but I do understand why everybody that we talked to at, at Shop Talk Europe was like, You're gonna you're gonna go to Madrid in July. Are you sure know, you right. want to do that? Yeah, right. But, but hey, from Arizona can handle the heat. At least one of us can. The other one. <laughs> Not so sure. But hey, normally this is also the part of the show where we read reviews. But this week we are going to shower some love because we're probably going to need quite a few showers when we're in Madrid. But so don't fret. J Recruiting Jan and M Thigason, if I'm saying that right, we will still read your reviews. We see them in the queue. We'll read them in the weeks ahead. Yeah. But today we are celebrating in a big way, Anne, because Anne. What? I bet you didn't know this, but did you know that last week we surpassed all of 2021 in listens? No. Yeah. Pretty it's su- only July. We're at July 13th. I know. It's it's even just barely the beginning of July. So that basically means in the first six months of the year, we've essentially exceeded last year already. Wow. It's on pace for what they call the double in European parlance. And what's the double? The double, the doubling of our listens in, oh. in less than a calendar year. So huge thanks to all our listeners and especially yes. to those that have been kind enough to leave us a review. Seriously, guys, every difference really, really does make a difference. At least it does to this show and to Anne and myself. So yes. thank you. Thank you so much. Please keep wow. leaving them for us. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. Thank you so much to everybody. And please do. I know we say this every week, but leave a review. We're talking to you again. I feel like I'm doing the the like NPR, like, you know, getting trying to get people to sponsor and put you in have way too much energy in your voice for NPR. I know. Like, I know. Please leave us a review. Yeah. On what it. do you like about the show? <laughs> right. So what is that? Sweaty balls? From <laughs> oh, the sweaty balls? sweaty balls. Yeah. Peach yeah. sweaty. Yeah. Um, no, but in all in all seriousness, please leave us a review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, heart the podcast on Spotify. If you're on Google, Amazon music, you know the drill, but follow and subscribe so that we can keep making the best content possible for all of you. And we will absolutely read it aloud on a future show for all the listeners to hear. But 
Yes, we Chris, will. Let's move on. And today's actually a special show. And not only is it a special show, but the next 10 weeks are a special show because today and for the next 10 weeks, our Fast Five Reads are brought to you with the help and support of our good friends at Grocery Shop. Oh, dang. Dang, right? Yeah. And will be there. Oh, I yes. will be there. Oh, yes. And we think many of you should be too. So don't delay. Reserve your ticket today because prices actually go up on Friday. Oh, you got to get that so deal. You've got about 48 hours to get in there, get that deal before prices go up. Just go to groceryshop.com to register. Yeah, it's prime prime day days right. and the last week to sign up for grocery shop before it goes up. It's raining savings, man. Raining so many savings. deals. All right. We're going to talk about that today, too. Y- right? Yeah, we are. Prime day is definitely going to be something we talk about. All right. In today's Fast Five News, we've got stories on Amazon unveiling a new dash cart for Whole Foods. Walmart again this time, but this time refusing to join in the Prime Day hype. Costco reporting big June sales numbers. Mm-hmm. GoPuff laying off more people and closing warehouses. But first, we're going to take off, as I mentioned before, Walmart again with another story from Walmart. That's right, Chris. Walmart has agreed to buy at least 4,500 electric delivery vans from Canoe. According to CNBC, the vans are slated to go into service in 2023 and are designed specifically for local delivery service. This is Walmart's third deal for electric delivery vans this year and comes on the heels of deals with General Motors and Ford. Walmart also said they intend to use these vans for their in-home delivery service, which it says it plans to expand from, as loyal Omnitalk fans will remember, oh, yes, they will. 6 million to 30 million households by the end of the year. <laughs> Chris, you're having some coughing spells. Yeah, I did an also- Iceman there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, My brother from another mother. Okay. But what do you think? What, what do I think? Yeah. Are you are I, you like all a go on canoe? I'm actually get our paddles out. I'm actually... <laughs> I love that. I'm actually putting my hands up for those watching on video. Finally, finally, I love this. I think this is a move I can actually, I think I can get behind this. It makes first, it makes so much more sense than drones. Yes. Because it's it's a way more affordable, long-term way to do one-to-many delivery than one-to-one delivery with drones, like we've talked about. Yeah. Like, let's just get that on the table. But I still think, I still think the the six million, let alone thirty million people signing up for in home delivery is crack smoking. Uh, that would put even Bubbles' best friend from the wire uh, oh, to shame. Do you remember yeah. Bubbles' best Bugs. friend from the wire? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And side note, I've been watching the wire. I'm only on season two. I've never seen the show. Oh, it's God. amazing. So good. so good. But I mean, net net, all in all, I love this move. I like it a lot. Um, I do too. I think it's amazing. Uh, First of all, have you seen the canoe like setup? Have you seen how they like have these? They built these. They call them skateboards. So they've like Ooh. built the chassis. Is that the that's the bottom part of the car, right? I'm I I act like I know. I, I'm what assuming so. Okay. Yes. Anyway, so like the bottom part of the car, they did this special Over thing. my skis on mechanical engineering for sure. <laughs> um, but they like built it in. So the base of the of whatever the vehicle. They have the battery built into it. It's like super flexible. I love I, I'm I was very impressed, we'll say, by the canoe construction, as um, you can see from the video that they have online. But yeah. I think that it means something here that Walmart is putting a big time investment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in these canoe vehicles, especially when they've been dating around. Like they were talking to Neuro, they are talking to Ford, to Waymo, like yeah. all these companies. And this is where they're deciding to invest their money. Um, they might be, it might be a slightly more expensive investment than in drones, but I, I am telling you, I think this is way, way better, the much more strategic approach. 
And yesterday I spent, I, I tried to find out like yeah. side by side, what's the comparison of like cost of investing in these vehicles versus drones? Oh, really? Oh man, did I go down a rabbit hole? Oh. I saw like a uh, the drone up investment. They like put together a proposal yeah. for Amazon. It was like on this like deep down AWS yeah, site right, of a, right. the drone up proposal. Oh my gosh, there's like six spreadsheets of people they need for one drone deployment. Yeah, no. And I'm just like, this is crazy. Obviously, this is the much smarter move. So it's just a truck that needs a driver. It can go right? on the road in 2023. We're right. not like doing right. pilots. It's ready to go. Um, right. I, I'm I'm way into this. But Chris, well, I'll give you the final word. Right. No, I mean, I think I, I think that's great that you did that because I was I was thinking about that too. But I mean, first of all, because we brought it up, like a final word on drones. I oh, I have a buddy that flies airplanes. Okay. That I not I'm not a buddy. He's a dad that goes to my kid's karate class with me, hmm. and he saw our video and he's like, "What's the deal with all these drones?" Like. Is that really a thing? And I was like, I don't think so. And, he, and we got talking to it. And then it kind of struck me like something that pointed out to me why drones are so dumb. If you think about the airline infrastructure, the way it's set up is like there's hubs. Each airport serves as a hub that yeah. gets people from place to place. It's not set up where there's a hub that then takes all of us to our individual homes. Well, on the Jetsons, it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because that's just completely untenable in right. the skies. So right. like, there's no way this ever gets anywhere, in my opinion, for that, that reason, just philosophically. Yeah. And then the other point I raised, too, is like, I got to wonder, too, if you start seeing some, invet- some, some acquisitions here in this space pretty soon, too, because... Canoe's market cap after even after this announcement was yeah. just a, and it I think it, the stock rose like 20 30 percent yeah it's like a billion dollars yeah, and you think good. they paid three billion dollars for jet these these types of vehicles once they figure out the one they want to use could be used across the industry yeah. seems like a much more valuable the place to put your investment than say like you know where Walmart has put it in the past and to your point it's probably less expensive than the efforts you're doing towards drones right now so and let's, they're so cool so it's yeah I like this hopefully that Walmart starts to reallocate some capital in this direction. All right, and Amazon, this was a big story this week. Amazon has a new version of its dash cart that is bigger and can be brought out to the car. Oh. And also, it's ready to roll in Whole Foods. According to our friend Dilip Kumar in a press release yesterday. Yes. One that he wrote personally, the new carts weigh less but offer double the capacity have a lower shelf for oversized items, an absolute must for a mm-hmm, grocery cart, mm-hmm. and can now handle the weather, meaning they can even be brought out to the car. But the most important part of the story to me, Ann, is that for the first time, the dash cart will be available to Whole Foods customers at a store in Westford, Mass. in the coming month. Your thoughts, please. Um, so I think this might have me like starting to believe a little more strongly in the smart cart. Possibly. Say why, because I might be there too. I, okay, well, I think because... First of all, if Amazon still believes there's a purpose for the smart cart, I believe that there's some reason that they're still pushing forward with this. I still do. I want to check the weather thing. I want to see these at the Amazon fresh stores that are about to open here in Minneapolis come January. Just because they can go out to the car doesn't mean like if it takes 20 minutes for that battery to heat back up once you get inside the store. like Or the the, heat in Arizona. Or the heat in Arizona. Exactly. But, um, you know, I like I said, I think it's important that Amazon believes there's still a purpose. I wonder why that is. So that that's kind of the the road that I was going down. Like I think oh, I have you know, an answer for that. Is it consumer preference? Like I do still believe as we start to get into these larger grocery footprints that there's still something nice about having a cart versus just like carrying the shopping bags around or just throwing something in your bag like the Amazon Go convenience stores. Um, and especially as those baskets start to get larger, as you, we start to see more people spending more time 
Well, you uh, still have a cart. I mean, the just walk out technology still works the same way. You still have a cart, right? Like just right. for clarification. Okay. Well, you can't. Yes, you can still have a cart. I'm just saying like these smart carts, yeah. like whether or not that makes sense for the customer as part of like graduating them into this or bridging the this experience from, you know, like a Whole Foods as it was before to now a Whole Foods right. with just walk out right. technology. Yeah, right, right. And, and I guess ultimately my question is for Amazon, like, as these footprints are expanding again, is this giving them better item accuracy That's a great as they're starting too. to like figure out, okay, now we're in a 25,000 square foot store, not the, you know, 1500 square foot Amazon go store. Is this helping them with some things? And, and is it consumer preference and Amazon's preference? Yeah, I think, I, I think those are great points. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of coming to your side of that a little bit too, or, or thinking the same thoughts. And for the record, like, for those of you guys that maybe are new to the show, and I don't really talk about these stories ahead of time, um, maybe a little bit, but this is one we didn't touch on at all to get our thoughts on it. We just knew it was a big one that we wanted to cover. Um, I think I had a conversation. I think it was with Greg London on social media. Okay. And sorry if I'm sorry if it wasn't Greg and it was somebody else. I apologize, but I talked to a lot of people on social media and I tried to look for it. I couldn't find it. But um, and the conversation, even though I didn't agree with him, the conversation was about the smart cards versus just walk out technology, yeah. computer vision. But it opened my eyes to something. And that is that Smart carts and and just walk out technology are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And I think your part is exactly right. Both can coexist as a consumer, but more importantly for the retailer, I'll always prefer the benefits of the just walk out technology in total. Um, but I could see the smart cart still being involved in some way. And for that, like exactly why you said, it's another data correlation point. Mm -hmm. And it's also another way to talk to the consumer as they're shopping. Okay. So if you're using those side by side, I think it could work. But if I'm choosing one or the over other for the long term, I'm still going the way of just walk out technology because it gives you all the benefits of understanding inventory in real time, understanding all the activities of the store at all times, mm -hmm. which you're not going to get with a cart. It's just not going to happen. Right. The Whole Foods angle, though, is interesting to me. Yeah, why? I'm a little more jaded on that. Okay. I think it signals something. And I think it signals that it's odd that they're doing this versus retrofitting a store with the Just Walk Out technology. Hmm. The only place they've deployed Just Walk Out and Whole Foods is in a like basically a new build. Yep. Essentially, they shut that store down, rebuilt it from the ground up. So it indicates to me that maybe the tech isn't ready yet for a retrofit environment. Okay. I don't know. I can't know for sure. But it at least gives me pause that that could be something at play here. And to your point, they want to acclimate customers to this technology. See how much could also just be like, let's see how much is really behind the smart cart. Right. Because the telling thing for me is like you brought up, they still are opening all their new Amazon Fresh with Just Walk Out. Right. Right. So that's what they're leaning into. Yes. And they've got like almost 40 of them now, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So that just tells me something. Yeah. No, I think you're right on. Um, I, I'm, I think the Whole Foods point is a great one too, Chris. I think just the just the smart carts that gets back to like old school to what we were talking about where like Kroger's testing some of the caper carts and right. like some of these other things like is that experience going to pay off for a whole foods customer without that that whole full just walk out experience and how much more confusion is that going to enter into the equation like will they get the data that they want in that test but it's like kissing your sister a little bit you know it's that expression of kissing your sister like you're doing it like fine yeah okay but you're not getting the benefits that computer vision can provide to your total retail operation. All right, Chris, let's move on to headline number three. Walmart, they put their flag in the sand. They said, we are not joining Prime Day, Chris. We are not going to play that game, Amazon. No, they don't uh, want to be in the Malay. No, according to CNBC, after typically throwing their own overlapping sales event, Walmart this year sat on the sidelines as the big box retailer has already had weeks-long deep discounts on items, including everything from bicycles to air fryers. 
apparel, and more as it tries to sell through excess merchandise. Chris? Yes. This is also where AM would like to put you on the spot this week. Bring it. Bring All right. AM. AM says we're observing retailers and manufacturers taking different approaches and strategies to Prime Day from a promotional depth and marketing campaign standpoint, with many taking Amazon head on. What do you think are the implications for those who try to go toe to toe with Amazon versus sit on the sidelines like Walmart? And how much of that depends on who you are as a retailer? Ooh. That's another, God, another fabulous question. Mm-hmm. These guys are on a roll with these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, God, uh, let me think about that for a sec. So I think, I think the way I'd answer that would be in normal times. Okay. An emphasis on the word normal. Yeah. I was like, when was that last? Yeah. Happening? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're right. No, that's a good, that's a great point. Like it's probably normal times probably haven't been for the last three years, but especially not this year. Yes. And I'll say why in a minute, but like, I think in normal times you have to participate especially if you sell market available goods, Mm -hmm. because if you're a retailer that's in that business, um, these events are going to pull demand in. They're going to pull demand up from later in the season. Like People are going to wait for these sales to buy what they want, and you're going to be left holding the bag. So I think you have to participate. Now, with that said, like you alluded to, which I thought was great, is this year is also really, really unique. Mm -hmm. I can see why Walmart would do this for a couple of reasons. Okay. All right. One, their demand and supply could be so out of whack that adding promotions like this just make forecasting and, and forecasting their inventory needs going into the back half of the year even more difficult with just how effed up the supply chain right, is. Right. Like why add so much more variability into what you're already trying and probably having a hell of a time trying to figure out how much you're going to need for next year. So in some ways, it kind of makes sense. And then two, the jaded side of me says that this signals that Walmart already knows the quarter that it has in front of them. And I don't know which way it's going to go. I was thinking about it. At first, I was kind of negative, but then I was like, it could just be like, crap, we do a big grocery business. Inflation is killing it for us. Like yeah. our, our results are going to be good. So we don't need to play in this game. Or they could be like, our sales are so bad. We've already run a Walmart <laughs> plus day. We're clear through excess inventory. It's not going to add anything at this point. Right. Either way, the answer is why put it in our base? John Ferner and Doug McMillan are probably saying, why put this in our base? Let's come back to it next year when we get the automatic, when things kind of return to normal, we get the automatic lift in our sales when we report our earnings next year. This year, we're just going to take our lumps and roll with it. That That's kind of my take here. Um, Do you think that they get any like reprieve next year, even if they were like, well, I mean, but there was like inflation was at an all time four decade high and whatever, like there's all these different factors if they, if it does come back to bite them next year for doing this, or do you think that the, it's just like, I don't know. I kind of I, the other thing I thought about in last night, uh, you know, and thinking about the story, too, is they kind of already did it. They did Walmart plus days. Right. You know, which is kind of the same damn thing. Right. 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 And so, like, you're kind of saying you're not participating, but you kind of did. Right. So, like, I don't I see them still doing something and right. they're going to have the anniversary of that already. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. I just I, I just think it, I think this I think this story's funny and it, it, it's just it's another sign of what's going on at Walmart, I think. Yeah, I, I think your points are brilliant. Uh, you know, it brilliant. I got I a do. brilliant. I do. Wow. I think that, that I we did discuss this briefly yesterday, but you really got me thinking on this one. I think they clearly have some other uh, some other things going on in the background. And I think that it might be a smart decision for Walmart this year to not like divert more resources, like you said, to another prime day just to be in competition. Um, and it sounds like they already have a ton of like, there's so much excess inventory that they're already seeing deals in the stores too. So I think that, you know, is it going to be worth, is the juice worth a squeeze, I guess, um, 
And I, I really am curious to see what's happening over the course of the next few months, especially as we go into a recession and how these retailers start to play against one another. Because like we did an event with um, Upside yeah. yesterday with Tyler Renahan, their VP of retail. And it's like, if you're just going to race to be the price leader, which isn't, I mean, people are going to make decisions on where they're going based on price. You're, it's just going to be a race to the bottom. And like, that's not providing a better shopping experience for your customers. You're, there's going to be something that that you need to do as a retailer to get your to add the convenience to get people to be coming to you versus price. I just don't think that's going to be a good strategy. Which is actually which is actually a great segue into our next story because yes. I think our next headline, even though it's very different from what we just covered, it there's a lot of connections that can be made in it. I think, and so I'm curious to hear what you think on that. So I agree. Headline number four, according to Chain Storage, Costco sales were up 20.4% in June. Oh, Holy yeah. Hannah. They did get an extra day, I guess, because of what day July or right. July 4th. Fell yeah, on or right. Something, yeah, 3%, but... 3% of that number. So still 17% roughly uh, sales were up. Uh, now, no doubt, much of these numbers were buoyed by gas sales, but mm-hmm. even excluding gas, Costco still posted an overall comparable sales increase of 13%. And also, this was interesting to me too, an 8.3% rise in comp e commerce sales. Yeah. So, Anne, my question to you is this. Does this performance say to you more about Costco or more about the state of retail given inflation? I think that, you know, like we were talking about with the Walmart story, Chris, I think inflation is a real thing. It will become more real as we start to get closer to the end of the year when people are running out of the reserves that they had during the pandemic. And I think that people are starting to change their shopping behaviors based on price, but also based on what's more convenient. And I think that they're just looking for who can I go to reliably mm-hmm. to get the best deal on the best products mm-hmm. or the, and I don't think people care anymore if it's like Kirkland ketchup or Heinz ketchup. They just want to know, like, I know if I go to Costco, yep. I'm going to get the best deal on yep. ketchup and I'll have it for a while. And I don't need to go to the store again. And I think this is, I, I believed this. So I then went in and did some digging yesterday on my sleuth. list. You I, sleuth. I was sleuth. curious because. <laughs> I wanted to test this theory because I, I was a little, I don't know. Did you, you went to Costco yesterday? I didn't go to Costco, oh, but okay. I did an online comparison. Oh, online comparison. Okay. Um, and what I was curious about is I was a little disappointed at Prime Day yesterday. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I think a lot of people might have been. Um, and so I wanted to see the things I had in my basket for Prime Day and compare them to the price, the everyday price at Costco, just to see like how things compared. And for each of the following items, the Costco price was either the same as the prime day special or like within a few dollars of each other. That was for a variety of things, including the pickleball. These are all things that were on your shopping. These were on my, these were in my cart for Amazon. Pickleball set. Okay. No show, no show women's socks. Okay. A standing fan, like a a rotating fan and an espresso machine. Oh, you're in the espresso market. I, I was looking, you know, it was a prime day deal. It was like fire sales, lightning deal or whatever they call them. I think that that's an important thing to pay attention to. Like I, that makes prime day totally irrelevant for me. Like if I know that I'm the socks that I need, like I'm, I'm buying all these things because I think it's going to be a better deal. And maybe some things you're getting like super steep discounts on, but I know, and I think a lot of customers know, and that's why Costco's, you know, sales went up so significantly. They know that they don't have to play any games. They just go to Costco and know they're going to get a, a good deal on good product. Well, I think that's what it is. I don't think it makes Prime Day irrelevant. It just means, you know, Prime Day still gets your attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like you still went there first. But I think that's the that that's that's the key. The key thing for me is what is what you just said there at the end, which is like, you know what you're getting at Costco. Yes. You know why you're going there. Their yes. model is built the way it is. 
And it's such a formidable model. Mm -hmm. Like there is real value to that membership and they work their asses off to at a margin structure that they don't change to give you the deals that you can count on that you can take to the bank. Yes. And it doesn't come in the form of hokey gimmicks. Nope. Like in-home delivery and Walmart plus in prime days. Right. 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 It's not about, it's not about like, which is kind of, when you think about it, it's kind of crazy that like Walmart, the everyday low price leader is doing prime days. Right. Shouldn't they already be prime days, but Walmart plus days. Yeah. Like, Shouldn't they already be that? Shouldn't I be able to depend on you as Walmart to be having the lowest prices possible? Right. So like we've said over and over again, you have to come up with a hook for this program, Walmart Plus, that is outside of that game. Yeah. If this is going to work. Yeah. You know, like look at Amazon last week, Grubhub. Yeah. Great example. Right. You know, like that is an extra value of something that someone actually might use. Right. Versus in-home fridge delivery. Well. Oh, go ahead. But they, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like I think Costco knows their value proposition it, and they're they're winning the big stock up, which I think is important now, yes. especially in the time of inflation. Totally. When food is going to be the number one thing that you're going for. And that's what Costco can guarantee every time. Yeah, you're getting your, your membership value if you're using Costco for your stock up trip routinely. Yes. And we know that if you're using Costco for dinner for the $1.50 hot dog and soda deal, that will be there forever. Did you see that? I have to throw this in this week because it was yeah, hilarious. This great. Yeah. So um, they confirmed this week on the earnings call that absolutely they will not be changing the price of that. And they were referencing a quote from a couple of years ago where Craig Jelinek the, came to Jim Sinegal, the co-founder of Costco once and said, Jim, we can't sell this hot dog for a buck fifty. We're losing our rear ends. And sorry. No. And the, the co-founder, Jim, said, if you raise the price of the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. Right. That so, tells that that's great though. That tells you what we're talking about. It's like they are doing what they do. They're laser sharp. You think about it, like Costco hasn't even done curbside pickup. They've been yes. so recalcitrant on curbside pickup. Yeah. And only like, at three, three test locations. But yeah. you know, when you're in these times. People are gravitating towards this model. So I think it says, I, I think net net to answer the question I pose to you, I think it it it, it really highlights both aspects of yes. everything. Costco's business model as well as this current state of the economy. Oh, Costco. All right, let's All go right, to headline man. number five. Uh, GoPuff is cutting 10% of its workforce and plans to close warehouses to preserve cash. According to Bloomberg and specifically a memo to investors that was shared with Bloomberg, the job reductions will affect about 1,500 staff members, which will be a mix of corporate and warehouse employees in the U.S. This marks the second time in four months the startup has eliminated positions and also cut about 3% of jobs uh, back in March. In addition, according to the very same memo, GoPuff intends to shutter 76 warehouses, roughly 12% of its network across the U.S. to consolidate its footprint in some cities. Chris, this was a heavy article. Um, it People should definitely check it out. I mean, I know that's one thing yeah. we were talking about yesterday, but what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I take, I mean, and actually, for those listening, I'm actually talking to GoPuff, I think it's next week. And so mm. if I get more information on this, I'll let you guys know in a future podcast. But, um, you know, my take is, like you said, I think people should read this article. Lots of good insight and reporting here. Bloomberg actually does a pretty good job, I think, day in and day out, relatively speaking. Um And the piece that stuck out to me the most um, of anything is where it talks about how GoPuff's older locations Mm -hmm. are reportedly generating as much as $3 in EBITDA. And the average cost to stand up a warehouse is $250,000, implying that it is the newer locations and the expansion that got a little too out of control, which is leading to these cutbacks. Yeah. So, okay, you take that at face value, fine. But my question is this, if that is true Mm -hmm. and all that it takes is a minimal investment 
and hiring some of your own drivers to do this. Yep. Why aren't retailers just trying to do this themselves? Like that yeah, seems like the easiest skunk works thing to stand up. Let's take a section of a store. Doesn't have to be very big in a market and just employ some drivers. You could even take headquarters employees to do this. They probably want to do it for the like the cool innovation type project, mm-hmm. like start doing delivery orders and just see what happens. Because if the economics are that, then it just makes sense. They already have the warehouses. They're called stores. <laughs> so, you know, my ultimate take is either the retailers are slow to see the angles here, which maybe if you brought this up to me like five, 10 years ago, yeah. I would have bought more. But given everything that's gone on in the pandemic and how much we've talked about digital transformation and how aware retailers are of, of the impending threats to their business models, I'm a little curious why we haven't seen any retailer, any big retailer try to do that yet. I'm not really surprised. But like Walmart's trying everything. Like, why haven't they tried to do that? It's big. They don't know. know. It's an unknown. You well, know, like and, they have the, yeah. they have the risk to really disappoint customers by doing this the wrong way. Well, and the other thing I'm thinking about too is it's also the location of the stores. Like where these are happening are in yeah. the big city centers where like the big grocers and, and retailers like Walmart Target don't typically have operations. Right. Yep. So it's, it's so it's, it kind of makes me still, which gives me like the other point is, so it's either they're slow to see the angles mm-hmm. or what I'm starting to think is more likely this is just going to be a really, really difficult model to work at scale, even though the consumer probably does want it to some degree in those certain use cases, like we in discovered in, cores, in yeah. NRF. Yeah. yeah, especially in the urban cores. Yep. But, you know, getting it national through the suburban sprawl of the United States seems kind of like a far-fetched plan to me at this point in time. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think especially if GoPuff has to cut back on geographies and now they're cutting back on employees and they're already at 88 cents that they're making it per order with the current setup, I don't know how they have afford in investing in further scaling the 15-minute or less delivery, which for me is their key differentiator right now. If they have to change oh, that because 100%. they're cu- they're calling things back or they you know have to expand a 30-minute delivery or anything right. else, then they're no different than their competitors and they don't have any other byproducts like Instacart does or you know even though we have our thoughts about the Instacart byproducts but like they're not investing in anything else that w- that they can offer retailers to be um, an added benefit outside of that 15 minute delivery and i think you said it but the pandemic was great for gopuff like people needed delivery to their homes I think once we get into this recession, people are not going to pay that much money. It's not going to be, it's going to be about how do I get food? How do I get the necessities? I will drive to Costco to go get those things versus, you know, paying $7 to have a delivery driver bring right. it to my house. Yeah, I'll stock minutes. up. Right. That's a great yeah. point. That's why you're seeing the stock up. Right. The other point I'd make to you real quick, the 250,000 is also another tell in another way, which right. is that tells me. These these warehouses are bare bones. Oh, for sure. Humans operating them. Yep. So as much as people want to think these are fully automated and very digitally forward operations, I'm going to call BS on that. I don't 100%. think that's the case at all. If that's what we're talking about, if those are the numbers, that's not happening. Right. Right. People are sleeping on couches inside the inside the warehouses. Right. <laughs> all right, uh, Chris. Let's get to the lightning round. Question one. Bath and Body Works is changing their return policy, which I know you're going to be very disappointed about. You oh, yeah. can't bring anything and everything back anymore. Oh, wow. Uh, they <laughs> are changing it to they will not accept turns, returns for any product that has seen excessive use. Okay. Uh, but Chris, I want to know, back in the college days, what uh, Bath and Body Works scent was sure to get a lady a second date with you uh, in college? Is it Country Apple, Freesia? 
cucumber melon, sun ripened raspberry. What is freesia, first of all? Oh, well, freesia was the scent that I kept in my Oldsmobile Achiva so that I could spray myself down after smoking cigarettes. What is it? Like, what it's is a flower. It? It's a flower. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, oh man. The it, nostalgia just coming yeah. back to me from reading the names of these scents. Yeah, like, I, can, I can tell this question means a lot more to you than it probably does to me. Um, Man, I have no idea. I mean, I dated a girl on the lacrosse team in college, and I would have been happy that she smelled like any, any of, of these scents, <laughs> any of them. I mean, boy, well, yeah, that tells you something, fans. All right. Uh, and Philadelphia Cream Cheese plans to open a pop up for three days starting this Thursday. And the pop up is called Feel Adelphia. Get it? <laughs> F-E-E-L. Is Adelphia? it in Philadelphia? I couldn't even see where they were doing this. I got it. I got to think it is, but I don't. Yeah, I couldn't find that either. But and I got to I got my question for you is this. What is your go to bagel with schmear choice? Schmear. Oh, everything bagel. Organic Valley specifically. They're organic they're, Valley. Yeah. Organic wow, Valley. Chive schmear and locks. Nice. Ooh, I like that you said locks. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Valley chive schmear. I'll have to try that. Organic Valley chive schmear. Okay. Yeah. For, any, for anybody from that company that's listening. I love your, I love your. Not down with the everything bagel, but I'll try the organic Valley chive yeah. schmear. All right, Chris, athleisure company Gymshark has opened its new barbershop called D load. So many things to say about that, which will allow men to comfortably open up to a mental health trained barber. That is a real thing inside their shop. Chris, what is a topic that you're surprised to have discussed with your barber? <laughs> oh my God. First off, deload. That's D-load. the name of this. Don't you feel like, I, you know, I want to go in some place called deload no. and talk to some other men and I don't, I don't think I want to do, barbers. I don't think I want to deload anything and what WTF, but oh God, to answer the question, um, that's a pretty easy one, actually. My my stylist has a pretty specific pre-vacation ritual with her husband. Yeah. Uh, whenever she goes somewhere, let's just say there's a built-in expectation before she leaves. And I'll I'll leave it at that. Like, yeah. like bomb chicken, bomb bomb. And she, okay. she she was pretty pretty blatantly telling me about that and and you know how she was like, it was basically like I got to go home tonight and, you know, I'm yeah. leaving tomorrow and, yeah. you know, he's going to expect it. So I got to do, you know, I was like, whoa, hello. Yeah. I tell, I told you. She probably listens too. I hope not. But. Oh my God. Well, the, the, I told you like good that. for them too. Like that's I, saucy. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I told you that app that I wanted to build back in my single days where I wanted stylists to put people together Yeah. because people tell their yeah. stylists so many details. Now, mental health sessions and psychology sessions while you're getting your haircut. I don't know. About no, that, thank you. But Probably not the best quality counseling you're going to get from I mean, somebody that's also trained as a hairstylist. One thing. Yeah. What's wrong with just being a really good barber? Oh, these young generations. All right. Pasta sales, according to our IRI have grown a whopping 11% over their pre pandemic levels. So my question to you, Anne is if you could be a pasta, what shape would you be? Fusili, obviously. You would be? Wow. Oh, yeah. Is it because you're silly like Jerry? Oh, yeah. Like Fusili Jerry? Yeah. And just started watching Seinfeld again. I did. I did. It's it's uh, it's uh, not blowing my mind. Oh, you got to wait till season two and three. That's where it gets better. I know. I All know. right. Just hold with it. Hold with it. All right. That wraps us up. Happy birthday today to Patrick Stewart, Louise Mandrell, and the, wo- and the man my wife would leave me in a minute for, and I would applaud her for doing so, Harrison Ford, who, believe it or not, Anne, turns 80 today. Oh, my God. 80 years old. Harrison Ford is 80. Ugh. Oh, man, that makes me feel really old. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us 
and it's all just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit within the preview pane of your inbox. Sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Remember, go to groceryshop.com to sign up for your grocery shop experience today before prices go up on Friday. And of course, finally, as always, be careful out there. The Talk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. And is also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.